my brothers and sisters in the Lord, traditions have been part of our lived experience for very, very, for a very, very long time. Whether we're talking about family traditions, or we're talking about cultural traditions, or if we're even talking about religious traditions. I remember a story that my mother told me about my great-grandmother. My great-grandparents immigrated into New Orleans from Sicily. And it was very common in Sicily that on Corpus Christi, the feast day in which we celebrate the body, blood, soul, and divinity, all the little villages would have a Eucharistic procession. Now, at that time, there wasn't mass communications and church bulletins, so sometimes it was very difficult to get the word out of the exact time the, possession, the procession was going to be passing. And so what would happen is, is that when the priests and the altar boys would process down the streets, they would go ahead and ring bells. And at the ringing of the bells, the people would hear the bells in their homes, and they would come out of their houses, and they would kneel down there in the street, waiting for the Blessed Sacrament to come by, all making the sign of the cross until the procession continued on its way down the street to the next house, or sometimes even to the next village, depending upon how close they were. Well, after my grandparents immigrated to the U.S., one day, my grandmother heard bells. And it was almost instinctively that she ran outside and she knelt down there in the street. And when my great-grandmother heard these bells, she thought it was a Eucharistic procession coming. Unfortunately, it was the U.S., so it wasn't a Eucharistic procession. It was the ice cream truck. <laughs> I don't remember if it was good humor or what it was back then, but many of you remember the ice cream truck? But it was ingrained in her as part of the tradition. You heard bells in the street. It was Jesus coming. Now, I know some of you may worship chocolate and ice cream to a little bit higher level than you should, but it was a tradition. It was part of the religious heritage, the religious culture, and we still have Eucharistic processions today. Which is very interesting, as Jesus notes in the Gospel, the Pharisees are there, and the Pharisees who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and they observed that some of his disciples ate their meals with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. Now, let's keep in mind, my brothers and sisters, that for the Pharisees, this was a religious ritual. This had nothing to do with germs. They were not germophobic, okay? This had no, they didn't even know germs existed back then. It was a religious tradition, a religious ritual about washing and how certain things had to be washed and various other rules that they had. And so they saw Jesus' disciples not observing the tradition. Now in other parts of the gospel, they do observe the Jewish tradition. And so they make a comment to Jesus. So the Pharisees and scribes questioned him. Why do your disciples not follow the tradition of the elders, but instead eat a meal with unclean hands? Which for the Pharisees, although usually they were trying to trap Jesus, it is a good question. Why are they not following the tradition? Now, let's think back of some other examples, my brothers and sisters. One of my favorite musicals, which I was able to see last time I was in New York City on Broadway, was the revival of the musical Fiddler on the Roof. Now, you know Fiddler on the Roof is all about tradition. 
tradition, the father, and the tradition that was about these people. Now, remember the context of the story. It's taking place in 1905 in a small town in Imperial Russia. And the lead character, Tevya, who is the father, I am the papa, I'm not gonna sing it for you, but you know it, you've heard it, he's the papa. And so Tevya is having, is having this struggle in his family about trying to maintain tradition. Now, for the Jewish people, tradition was very important. Remember, the Jewish people were persecuted for much of their existence. They were either in exile, or they were under the domination of another government or society. And so in order to, uh, in order to maintain their identity, of who they were as a Jewish people, the Jewish nation, these traditions were important because it had a connection to their past and it also told them and others who they were. So even in times of exile, the community could stay intact. And so the story in Fiddler on the Roof is Tevye is struggling with his daughters. He has five daughters. We need to pray for him just because he has five daughters. Five daughters. And if you remember from the musical, or if you've uh, read the short story, Tevya's three oldest daughters, they decide they're gonna marry. But of course, they're not gonna follow the tradition because they're gonna marry out of love. Now, back then in the Jewish tradition, you didn't marry out of love. You married who Papa picked for you. You remember the song, matchmaker, matchmaker, find me a match. And for a topic for a different day, we still have a matchmaker. We call it God. He's the divine matchmaker. But they had a tradition. And the three oldest daughters, they were not following that tradition. And for Tevye, tradition was everything because it maintained the community. For Tevye, tradition told him what to eat and when to eat. Tradition told him how to dress. The men in the village always wore something over their head. And they always wore a prayer shawl around their waist because it was a representation of who they were and who God was and what God expected of them that everything belonged to God, and that everything they did was an act of prayer, even their work, all part of the tradition. And if you remember, one of the, I think it was the last of the daughters to be married, if I have the sequence correct, she wants to marry, and she's not going through the matchmaker, she wants to marry out of love, and of all things, she wants to marry an atheist. And there's this beautiful line in the musical where Tevya is singing, I will not allow it, I cannot allow it, tradition. Because it was holding the people together. Now my friends, all of us have traditions. We have religious traditions, you have traditions in your family, traditions connect us to the past, and it allows us to understand that who we are in the present, we've not made it there just by ourselves, we come on the shoulders of many who have gone before us, and so there's that wonderful connection there. And so the Pharisees are building on this background of tradition, and they ask Jesus that question. Why are they not following the tradition? And Jesus responds, quoting from the prophet Isaiah. This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying that the tradition had become more important than God. 
And that becomes problematic because the tradition almost became an idol. I have to do these things, and these things are important. And the problem with that is when God is not at the center of the tradition. Because the tradition, my friends, should be leading us into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And that's where Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees from that perspective. Because they were going through all these motions, they were doing all these things, which on the external may seem wonderful, but God was not being praised, God was not being glorified. And that's why Jesus at the end says, from in their hearts, come evil thoughts and unchastity and theft and murder and adultery. Because certainly, my friends, sometimes we become more concerned with the outside than we do with the inside. And we may look very religious on the outside, but on the inside we have all these things that are bubbling inside that are not of God. And that's where Jesus is coming from today. And that's what we ask ourselves. Because it's so very important. Do we allow our traditions or do we allow other things in our life to take the place that only God should have? I'll give you an example that happened not last Christmas, but the Christmas before. One of the traditions, of course, in the church, as far as, and in many of your homes, is that at Christmas you set up the nativity scene, the creche scene. And so as we have customarily done in church, it has always been over here where the baptismal font is. And I remember the year before is when we got the larger nativity set and just because of logistical reasons with all the flowers around it, we had to place baby Jesus in the nativity scene before midnight because Father could not climb over all the poncettas to get there and I couldn't move them all in between masses and so it was a logistical issue. And so I remember this very clearly because it was at a Christmas vigil mass and most people had left and this lady came to me and she was very frantic and she was very upset and she said to me, how dare you place Jesus in that crash and it's not midnight yet. Now my brothers and sisters, that is a beautiful tradition and I'm not being judgmental, but how many times are we like that? Because you see, my friends, Jesus being in that little nativity scene before midnight, missed the, that missed the whole point of why we even set up the crash. Because it is to adore the Lord. But sometimes we get so caught up in other things and other details. And certainly there was no explaining this to her, and I didn't even try to explain it. I just sat there and took it and said, Merry Christmas and God bless you. But you see, my friends, I tell you that story because how many times in our life do we do things like that? Where we lose sight of God and we lose sight of what God is calling. We lose the whole reason that we enter into these traditions to bring us closer to God and to one another and we get stuck on one little detail. And if that little detail doesn't go, boy, it's like we're a mad person. That's what Jesus is speaking about. Because from in the heart comes all of those evil thoughts and desires and all the things that boil up. I was reading this week, and I'll share this with you. This comes directly from an article. Historians tell us that once there was a politician who had God on his lips. Indeed, he made free use of religious language. 
He talked about blessings of the Almighty and how Christian principles would become the pillars of his new government. He handed out pious stories to the press, especially the church papers. He showed the public his tattered Bible and declared that he drew the strength for his great work from that holy book. Scores of pious people welcomed him as a man sent from God. His name? Adolf Hitler. Historians tell us that Hitler was a master of outward religious religiosity with no inward reality. My friends, that's what Jesus is speaking about. Now, we may not be to the extent of Adolf Hitler, but the question is, are we more concerned with the externals than we are with the internal? And that is why Jesus was criticizing the Pharisees, and that's why he often refers to them as you hypocrites. Because you put on a big show, but inside your heart, it's nothing but rot. My brothers and sisters, as we go forth this day, may we remember that our traditions are important. May we hold on to them when we continue to practice them. But may we also remember that when we enter into these traditions, our focus and the primary purpose and end of everything, including our traditions, is, lead us, is to lead us closer to the heart of Jesus.